Life is really busy, and if you're anything like us, it's easy to feel overwhelmed by everything on your calendar. Today, we're going to share the system we use to take the stress out of our schedule that you can use to create a calendar that reflects your priorities. This is Life with Amy and Jordan. A number of years ago, we were sitting in church, and I'll never forget the pastor asked us to take out a piece of paper and write down our top five priorities for our life. One through five. What are your top five priorities in your life? And so Jordan and I got out our piece of paper, took out our pen, and wrote down our top five priorities thinking like, Oh, this is easy. We got this, right? So number one, we wrote down God. Number two, marriage. Number three, family. Number four, friends. And number five, career. And we're feeling pretty good about ourselves. Like, yes, we feel like this is like a really good answer to this question. And then the other shoe dropped. Our pastor asked us to take out our phone, open up our calendar, and then ask ourselves honestly if the priorities we had just written down... Met, reflected our calendar. Oh, it was like a big like gulp <laughs> because it was really clear to us really quickly. Oh my gosh, our calendar does not reflect what we just wrote down. And we never really thought of it that way before until someone challenged us to look at our calendar and look at our priorities and see if they were actually a match. If the things we said were most important in our life were actually the most important things in our life were actually the things we were spending our time doing. It's kind of like when I used to tell people that I was a healthy eater and then they would find out that I had ice cream before bed every night (laughs) and they would look at me and say, no, you're not a healthy eater. (laughs) But we like to think of ourselves as healthy eaters. And I think for us, we we liked to think we had our priorities, right? Like we got the answer right on the quiz. But when we actually took a look at what we were doing on our calendar it wasn't reflecting our priorities. So if you've ever been in a place in your life where you've said one thing and you've done another, mm-hmm. um, we just want to let you know that you're not alone. We're with we you on that. You. <laughs> we feel you. We we didn't ever intend. We don't ever intend to deceive people and we don't ever intend to deceive ourselves. But in that time in our life, we were deceiving ourselves and lying ourselves and tricking ourselves into believing that our priorities were actually our priorities. And so today what we want to do is ask you the same question that our pastor asked us so many years ago, which is if you got out a piece of paper right now, what would you say are your top five priorities? And then if you pull out your calendar, do your are your priorities reflected in your calendar? In other words, does your calendar match what you care about most? And I think for us, it made us realize that we didn't really have um, we didn't have everything together the way that we hoped for when we started looking through that list. And we started realizing, I think we have a yes problem. And what I mean by that is we love people. We love being around people. And anytime anyone invited us to anything, to do anything, to go anywhere, there was a time in our life when we just said yes all the time because we were excited, because we love hanging out with people, and because we didn't necessarily think through the consequences of what saying yes in the moment might mean to our big picture, if that makes sense. And so... When we got this challenge at church, we realized we needed to really change the way that we were approaching our calendar and saying yes all the time wasn't going to be the answer. And so in this podcast, we want to talk to you about how to protect your calendar. And we have five steps that we want to give you that will help you protect your calendar so that every single month you don't feel completely overwhelmed. And so step one is to determine your priorities. We just share with you that our priorities are God, marriage, family, 
friends and career and along in that order. And a long time ago, we thought those were our priorities. But in reality, when we looked at our calendar, our career was actually our number one. Our friends were our number two. Our family was our number three. Our marriage was number four and God was number five. And so so we actually completely reversed. reversed. We (laughs) inverted that list that we had of our priorities. And so the thing we would encourage you to do first is to make a list of what your priorities actually are. One through five. Not the priorities that you think they should be. And that's something that's really important too, is when you make this list in step one and you determine your priorities, I think so much of the time we're so heavily influenced us and everyone else included. We're so heavily influenced by social media. We're so heavily influenced by the culture. We're so heavily influenced. We kind of look at somebody else's priorities and say, well, if those are her priorities or those are his priorities or those are their priorities, maybe those should be my priorities. And what we would encourage you to do is to look at other people in your life that you admire and you respect. Sometimes those are going to be people the same age as you, but oftentimes looking at people who are one step ahead of you on the ladder, one rung uh, above where you want to be, sometimes looking at the older generation and saying, okay, what are their priorities? I think sometimes we look too much out to the internet and out to social media to determine what's important. And I think what's what's real and what's true is to look for people in your life you admire and you think to yourself, in 10 years, I want to be like them. In 20 years, in 30 years, in 40 years, that's what hashtag goals really looks like. I think sometimes... <laughs> goals with a Z. With a Z. Which sounds like goals. <laughs> goals. But I think sometimes we look on social media and we think, man, that's hashtag goals. And it's like some <laughs> awesome couple who's in some awesome place and they're in some hut over the water in Tahiti and we think that's goals. And maybe that is a goal and maybe that's a cool goal. I'm not hating on that goal. I wouldn't mind being um, in a hut in Tahiti at some point in my life, um, preferably with just my wife and not my kids. Um, but, but I really want to encourage you to look at people in your, in your life that you admire and use them as a marker for how to determine your priorities. And then ask yourself, honestly, if social media wasn't a thing, if the internet wasn't a thing, if we were a hundred years ago and I was just living somewhere by myself with my family and friends in a small town or a small community, and I wasn't aware of everything else happening in the world, what would my priorities be? Start there. Absolutely. And when you number those one through five, just give yourself the freedom to be honest with yourself. Your priorities don't need to be the same as ours, don't need to look the same as ours. Just really be honest with yourself when you write those down, because the answer to that is going to determine everything we talk about next. So step two is once you have those priorities, then start filling the most important priorities into your calendar first. And this was a big change that Jordan and I made once we were, uh, once our eyes were open to the mistakes that we were making with scheduling our own calendar. Um, And when I think about this, I always think about Dave Ramsey, which if you know us at all, that's not a surprise. We're talking about Dave Ramsey all the time in our house. Uh, He's really become like such a hero of our house that I'm surprised we don't have like a framed like shrine to him, like in a picture wearing a cape because we talk about him so much. Um, If you don't know who he is, Dave Ramsey is a financial advisor and he helps people get out of debt and um, live true financial freedom in their lives. And he made a giant impact on us, even though he doesn't know it or know us. (laughs) Um, But he's really become like... But if anyone listening right now knows Dave Ramsey... Amy and Jordan would love to meet you, Dave. Well, we've met you twice. You wouldn't Amy remember. Jordan would love to take a picture of you wearing a cape. Is that creepy? I don't know. And then Probably. have a portrait made for the mantle in our living room. He's going to be like, please put these people on like a restraining order. These people are weird. Anyway. One of the things that we love about Dave Ramsey is Dave Ramsey says, if you don't tell your money where to go, you'll wonder where it went. 
Now, Amy and I, from the beginning, we've been married over 10 years now. We've never really had too much of a spending problem with our money, but we had a spending problem with our time. And maybe you can relate to that. And so we took Dave Ramsey's quote of, if you don't tell your money where to go, you'll wonder where it went. And we said, what if we change the word money to the word time? And we said, if you don't tell your time where to go, you'll wonder where it went. And there's kind of this like funny thing in the world where I think all of us have different struggles and different problems and different issues, but we tend to kind of like other, other people's problems and struggles. And it's so, it'd be so easy for, for us to look at somebody else and be like, man, can't believe they have that horrible spending problem. We don't have that spending problem. Mm -hmm. And then we actually look at ourselves in the mirror and we go, no, you do, buddy. It's just spending your time. And time is actually our most valuable asset. When we think about it, we realize there are ways to make more money, but there are not ways to make more time. And so we need to start budgeting our time like it's our money. We need to start budgeting it like it's the most precious asset and resource that we have. And so that's how we started filling in our calendar, recognizing that time is our asset and we want our calendar to reflect our priorities. So again, step two is to fill in your most important priorities first. So after you've done step one, where you've determined your priorities, you've made a list of your top five priorities. Now, Now what we want to do is we want to go to our calendar and we want to fill in our most important priorities first. And so what we want to do is we want to walk you through our top five most important priorities in life and then practically how we put those things on our calendar every month at the beginning of the month to make sure that nothing else gets in the way of what we say matters most. We'll continue to talk more about that in just a minute. But first, do you love taking photos but wonder why yours don't look like the ones you see online? What if we told you there was a free online photography class that would help you fix that? We're Amy and Jordan, and along with hosting this show, we're professional photographers who help people take better pictures. We created a free online photography class where you'll learn three easy pro tricks that will help you start taking better photos this week. To reserve your free seat, just head to amyandjordan.com slash class to choose a date and time that works for your schedule. Again, that's amyandjordan.com slash class. We're so excited to share three of our favorite pro secrets that will help you start taking better photos this week. We can't wait to see you in class. Now back to the episode. So if our top priority is God, then we need to make sure that that's reflected in our calendar. So maybe reflected in our mantle. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. (laughs) We need to fix that. (laughs) You got bumped to another room, the playroom, Dave. (laughs) Um, So for us, that looks like making sure that we pick a church service on the weekends. We go to a church where there are actually a lot of options on both Saturdays and Sundays um, for services. And so we always want to make sure that looking at the calendar, that we pick one of those dates and get it in the calendar so that we're definitely going. And And just along those lines, I want to jump in real fast. As we're talking about the idea of putting your priorities on your calendar, I just want to emphasize that not every month is going to look the same. And so what we're talking about as we put these priorities on our calendar, it doesn't mean that church is going to be at 10 a.m. every Sunday. It just means that that priority goes on our calendar every single weekend. And so as we're looking at our calendar, for us, one weekend, it might work better for us to go on Saturday at 4.30. Another weekend, it might look better for us to go at 10 o'clock on Saturday. So as you're filling in your calendar, Sunday, 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 we'll be the only ones there at 10 a.m. Saturday. We don't go to a church that's also duels at the nightclub. (laughs) 
<laughs> Although that would be an it's interesting kind of an interesting concept. concept. Yeah. <laughs> uh, something else that's been really important to us is to be a part of a small group. And so we um, on Monday nights meet with about four other couples that are in about the same life stage as us. You know, we all have kind of young kids. We're all professionals and we all get together and just dive deeper into our faith, dive deeper into God's word, into a building community with each other, challenging each other, sharing struggles with each other, praying for each other, just having that deeper level community. And that's become really important to us. So that goes on the calendar Monday nights before anything else does. And the best thing about doing your calendar this way and putting your most important priorities first is that we're looking at a blank calendar most months when we get started. And so it's really easy to put these things into place. So let's move on to our second priority, which is our marriage. And you might be thinking, well, Amy and Jordan, you guys work together. So don't you spend every second of the day together, um, which was something we used to think about ourselves as well. But we've realized over time that sitting next to each other, working at uh, laptops right next to each other is not the same as real true quality time where we're connecting together. And so if marriage is going to be a priority for us. We want to maintain that for 50, 60, 70, I don't know. I don't know if we'll hit 70 years. Um, then we need to make sure that we're spending quality time doing that. And so something that really impacted us, you know, Amy and I have always tried to be wisdom seekers and then wisdom implementers. And right around the time that we found out we were pregnant with our first child, Beckett, our son, um, we started asking people for advice. Our parents, older, wiser family and friends, like, hey, what are some of your top pieces of advice for being parents? And what was interesting is everybody had two or three pieces of advice, but one piece of advice and actually two pieces of advice they all had in common. And one piece of advice they all had in common was it goes so it goes too fast. It goes so fast. Cherish every moment. And the second piece of advice that almost everyone had was make time for each other. Make time for your marriage. Go on a date every single week. And to be honest with you, before we had children, we didn't go on a regular date night because in a lot of ways, our life was kind of a date. It was, you know, we would finish work, we'd run out and grab a bite, we would be here, we'd be there. But as we've started to have children, and as we started to grow our family, we've realized the importance of having that date on our calendar every single week. So what date night looks like for us is we picked Friday nights as our date night. So we actually schedule our babysitter out about an entire month in advance. Um, if any of you have kids, you you know, a valuable babysitter, a great babysitter can be really hard to find. It's and like kind of shameful because when your friends find out you have a good babysitter and like, oh, you have a great babysitter. Can I have her number? <laughs> That's like a test of like true friendship, right? <laughs> Is sharing the babysitter's number. Um, and we actually have the sweetest babysitter, um, someone that we used to teach when back when she was in fourth grade, when I was her fourth grade teacher. Which basically means we're old. Yeah, we're really getting old. I guess that's a sign of that. Um, but we make sure to get her reserved about a month in advance. Um, and because, because marriage is a priority to us, we're going to make that effort to make it happen in advance. Um, and a lot of times we'll actually uh, choose a restaurant where we make a reservation in advance too. And it's mostly because we really love having something to look forward to uh, throughout the week. So and we, because we didn't know reservations were a thing because we never used to eat at restaurants <laughs> where you had to have one because we never went out on Friday and Saturday <laughs> nights because 
we were like, eh, it's busy and crowded. Let's not go. And then all of a sudden we woke up one day and said, let's go on Friday night. Oh, shoot. That's when everybody goes out. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, you know, if you're thinking like, oh, like that's not really going to work for our budget or that's not really going to work for my life. A couple other great suggestions would be um, we have a couple of friends who do babysitting swaps. So instead of paying for a babysitter, they'll go uh, kind of alternating every other Friday night. So one Friday night, one couple will take all the kids from both families. And then the next week they'll switch, which I love that idea. Or sometimes they'll even do it back to back nights where they watch the kids on Friday Mm -hmm. night and their friends go out and then they switch that on Saturday, which we think is really cool. You can also do date night on the cheap. When we were in first newlyweds, we were on a really tight budget. And so our date night, we weren't going anywhere. We weren't going anywhere. (laughs) We would go to the library and grab a free DVD rental and then sometimes go get a Chipotle, split it. And we would watch TV. And Did you know? You, yeah, they still have DVDs at the library. Fun fact: something that we still do sometimes: free movies, free date night um, at home. You can light some candles, cook some dinner at home, pop some microwave popcorn. Candles. Sometimes the at-home date is a winner, fellas. <laughs> oh my gosh! I wish you could see Jordan's eyebrows are raising every time he says candles. I'm just saying it's a proximity thing. That's all I'm saying. Oh boy! All right, <laughs> so let's, let's move on. Let's. <laughs> I think we can both agree to move on to our third priority, which is family. <laughs> so um, remember, in our list, we're just walking through our top five. So number three, fa- being family for us, that looks like sometimes just creating time to be together as a family. So right now with me. Me and Jordan and Bex, we love to have time just to be the three of us with no agenda, just time to be together. So our favorite block of time for that is Saturday mornings. We love to have him come into our bed, read books together in bed, snuggle. I always say, hey, Bex, you want to get cozy? And he says, yeah. And he'll snuggle under the covers. We'll read books together. Um, then we'll bring him out to the kitchen. We'll play music in the kitchen as we're making breakfast. Jordan does the cutest job of teaching Beckett how to make eggs and like, you know, hand him the eggs and stir them and just have... Sometimes he hands the eggs to me a little too fast and I feel like Lucy on the conveyor belt. You know, you ever seen that? Oh yeah, and I love Lucy. That's like the best episode. I love that. Um, You know, so we'll make breakfast together as a family and then try to do something outside if the weather permits. So we'll... We live in Arizona, so it can be really hot several months of the year. Um, But we love to get outside, take family walks together, go to the park together, just basically create a Saturday block of time where we just get to be a family. So in addition to our immediate family, the family that's under this roof in this house, because we are recording this from our house, we don't have (laughs) we don't have a fancy studio. No, we do not. (laughs) Um, We also want to make sure we make time for for our outside of the house family. Let's call them like our um, they're not extended, but they're not like our parents. Our parents, yeah. So siblings. we, we want to make time for our parents and for our siblings, and we want to make time for them at least once once a month when we can have like good intentional time with them. That could look like dinner with my parents or dinner with Amy's parents. But we want to make sure those are some of the most important people to us in our life. And I think sometimes the people that we love most sometimes get seconds if we're not careful. And they always say, you know, it's it's easiest to hurt the people that you love the most because you're the most comfortable with them. And I think as we've gotten older and kind of come into our adult years, 
um, we've really started to see the value of spending time with our parents to absorb um, their wisdom and their guidance about parenting and a lot of other things. But also when you live at home with your parents as a child, that time is kind of baked into the cake. And when you're an adult, that time doesn't happen as naturally anymore. You don't just walk down the stairs and see your parents at the kitchen table. And so we've tried to intentionally figure out a way to spend time with each set of our parents once a month. And so that could look like we said, like dinner. Also, it could look like a larger family get together. So Amy comes from a really small family. Um, it's just Amy and her mom and her dad and her little brother. And I come from a big, loud Greek family. Um, we kind of joked when we first started, when we first started dating and we were in high school that when I would go to Amy's house for dinner. Um, it would just be her mom and her dad and her brother and Amy and me. So there were only five of us at the table, which felt really small. And, um, you know, Amy's mom would ask me a question like, so Jordan, how was your day? And I would usually wait for someone else to answer because when you're in a big fat Greek family and everyone is at the table, there's like three conversations happening at one time. If somebody's not arguing or fighting or criticizing somebody else or critiquing somebody else, it's just not dinner. And so I think I just got accustomed to people answering for me. Um, but we try to spend that time with our families. And so what we like to do, and this is really important if you want to write this one down, is look for what we call natural calendar triggers. And what I mean by a natural calendar trigger is something like a birthday or a holiday. So for example, around Thanksgiving, we might not schedule something separate in the month of November with my family or Amy's family because we know we're all going to be together. Same thing with Christmas. But there might be a month like June where we don't have a natural trigger where we say, hey, would you guys like to grab dinner or come over to our house for dinner or something like that? Also, because we have brothers and sisters who are married with kids, we have a lot of nieces and nephews. And so sometimes there's like a nephew soccer game that we can go attend the soccer game. And then we get to see the whole family as a part of that. So what we're really looking for is just FaceTime and that one-on-one -on -one interaction in real life with our families. So speaking of FaceTime, if you're thinking, oh, I don't even live in the same town as my family, uh, we really encourage you to do take the same approach, but just do it over FaceTime. So find a time when you can schedule like a 30 to 60 minute FaceTime date, um, which can really be just as good of a relationship builder when you don't live in the same state as someone else. So once we've taken our calendar and we prioritize God and our marriage and our family, the fourth thing we want to prioritize are our friends. And we'll talk more about this in a future episode of, of how we we really try to prioritize our friends in our life. But one thing we just want to mention at the outset is we read a study recently that kind of shocked us, but wasn't surprising, which was, you know, 50 or 100 years ago, most people in the world had about 150 connections in the world. They knew about 150 people. And today, because of social media, because of the internet, because of things like Facebook and Instagram, most people or the average person has about 1,500 connections. Guys, that is overwhelming. It's unsustainable. Amy and I have said before, we all need community, but that is community beyond our capacity. It is impossible in a 365-day year to possibly have 1,500 people that we truly connect with. It's hard to have 150 people that we truly connect with. So what we've decided to do is actually write down a list of our closest friends, um, those quality relationships that we want to keep pouring into and keep maintaining because we know that without nurturing those relationships, eventually they'll weaken and they could end up disappearing. And so we don't want that to happen. So we make an intentional list of the people that we want to be able to connect with and then just choose one person 
on that list for the week to have some sort of intentional connection point. So for sometimes that might look like uh, getting to go to dinner with that friend. Or grabbing a cup of coffee with that friend. Other times it might look like a FaceTime or a phone call. Uh, some of our friends on that list don't even live in the same state as us. So for as much as we'd love to do a dinner in town, it's not an option. So one of the things that Jordan and I love to do is after we put Beckett down to bed, we'll actually schedule a FaceTime dinner date uh, with someone that doesn't live here. So we're all having dinner uh, just in different states um, across the country. And sometimes our <laughs> friends live th- in a time zone that's like three hours ahead of us. So Amy and I will eat dinner while our friends have dessert. Yes. But the key is that we schedule an intentional time to have deep, meaningful conversation, hopefully 30 minutes or more, maybe an hour, maybe a couple hours where we're connecting with that friend on a deeper, more intimate level than a text message or a group text or a comment on Facebook or a DM on DM on Instagram, because we want to make sure that we're taking that time to intentionally pour into our friends and also taking that time so they can intentionally pour into us. And then moving on to number five, um, our, our fifth priority is our career, our business. And like Jordan mentioned, there was a time when that consumed every hour of our day. Um, and so we've, we've learned over time that it's not healthy, sustainable. It's not good for us. It's not good for anyone for us to be pouring every hour of our lives into our work. And so we've realized that for us, it's so important to set intentional work hours and stick to them, uh, which can be really tough when you're self-employed like we are, because there's, there's no one, you know, for us, we work in our house. So there's no office to go in and out of. So the work-life boundary can be really sticky and really hard to determine like, okay, what are we going to do with this amount of time? Um, So we've decided we're going to stick to really intentional hours and be really focused when we're there. But you know, even if you're not self-employed, this is something that's really challenging. We used to work at an elementary school and uh, I don't I, I will never forget what it was like listening to coworkers talk about the amount of uh, papers that they were grading at home or just the stuff that you take home, the emails. Most of us have access to our work emails 24-7 thanks to our smartphones, right? So we're constantly being inundated by work. I know my boss never home. leaves. <laughs> Wait, but am I the boss or are you the boss? I think Beckett is the baby boss. <laughs> Beckett looks like the baby boss. So, boss baby. So no, he sits in that high chair like it's a throne. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> he can be our both of our bosses. <laughs> Um, but we started making a commitment back when we were still teaching elementary school that we were going to be as focused as humanly possible during the work hours that were already set for us so that we didn't have to take work home beyond business hours. So something that Jordan and I never did was grade papers at home. We would come in early to the classroom. We would stay a little late if we needed to, but we wanted to create a clear boundary that work didn't come home with us. And so once we became self-employed, we had to transfer translate that to, okay, like we're going to go into our home office, we're going to close the door when the workday is done. And that's going to allow us to be present in the other four priorities that are more important than our business. We'll continue to talk more about that in just a minute. But first, if you're anything like us, before you buy something online, you research to no end, which is why we're so grateful when people we know and trust recommend something they already use and love. 
That's why we created a list of all our favorite things just for you. Everything on this list is something we use and love in our everyday life, from baby products and cleaning products to our favorite books, our kids' favorite toys, and so much more. All our recommendations are in one place, and they're just one click away. To see the complete list and start shopping now, head to amyandjordan.com slash favorites. Again, that's amyandjordan.com slash favorites. When you make a purchase using one of our links, it doesn't cost you extra. Sometimes it even saves you money, and it's an easy way to help support the show. Now back to the episode. And so once you, when we're talking about protecting your calendar, once you've done step one, which is to determine your priorities, once you've done step two, which is to fill in the most important priorities on your calendar first, step three is to decide what kind of person you are. Um, By and large, there are two types of people in this world. There are extroverts and there are introverts. And now Amy and I fully understand that there are shades of of everything in between and there are ambiverts and there are people (laughs) who are extroverted, but a little introverted. And we totally get that. But if you've never really heard somebody explain the difference between an extrovert and an introvert before, the main definition for that is if you're somebody who's an extrovert, you are somebody who gets energy from being around other people. You walk into a room with a bunch of people, you walk into a party, you love being around other people. An introvert is somebody who feels drained by being with lots of people for a long period of time. We have a friend, an awesome friend who we love so much, and she is like the extrovert's extrovert, right? So if she has her Saturday calendar, if she's not going from like one thing to the next, to this party, to this event, I mean, it's like coffee with this person, breakfast with this person, coffee with this person, lunch with this person, drinks with this person, dinner with this person. And then I'm going to put the kids to bed and we're going to go out with this person, right? And she loves being around people. She's somebody who loves other people. She cares deeply about them. She gets her energy from being around other people. If she packs her schedule and packs her day like that, she gets home at the end of the night and is like, man, that was great. I can't wait to do it again tomorrow. That would be an extrovert. But something we've learned about us is even though um, we have extroverted tendencies and we love being around people, something like that, a, a schedule that Jordan just described where we're going from one event to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next actually makes us feel pretty exhausted and dreamy. So even though we love it in the moment, when we get home, we realize, woof, that was actually way too much. Right. Because if you go through, go to the trouble, right. And you go through the process of writing down your priorities and you go to go through the process of putting your priorities on your calendar first. And now you have these open patches of time. You've got an open Sunday or an open Saturday morning or Wednesday night is totally free. You see all this free space on your calendar. What we want to make sure that we do is that we protect ourselves and protect our calendar from things all of a sudden sneaking onto our calendar that are actually going to make us feel drained instead of energized. And so knowing the answer to the question, and I am, am I an extrovert or am I more of an introvert? Do I get my energy from being around people or do I maybe get my energy from being around people, but not all day? Or maybe it's like more of like a one-on-one dinner instead of uh, events where there's lots of people to talk to, like a birthday party or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So we would encourage you to look at your calendar and just ask yourself this question. If I was given a free day, an entire Saturday with nothing on the calendar, no work, no chores, no responsibilities, how would I spend that day? If you immediately start thinking of all the people that you want to spend time with, you might be more extroverted than introverted. If, if you start thinking of like one person you'd love to have dinner with, you might be a little bit more introverted like 
me. (laughs) (laughs) So the key is to just for step three is to decide what type of person you are, because we don't want you to to get your calendar, get your priorities in line and get your calendar cleared. And now you have these open spots and you start filling them with things that are ultimately going to make you feel drained. Uh, Before we move on to step four, something else you can do that we always do is Amy and I try to play it out in our mind in advance. As we're scheduling our calendar, if we have a free Saturday and we start adding things to our calendar or talking about adding things to our calendar, we ask ourselves the question like, yeah, this looks like fun. This could be cool. But if we do this and this and then this, like, what does that practically look like? We're going to have to like get ready and drive here, do this thing, get back at home for his nap, you know, wait for his nap, go do the next thing. How do we feel after doing all of that? Does it make us feel excited or does ooh that feels kind of draining? That's a good question to ask yourself is if I do all of these things, how am I going to feel driving home from that thing that I committed to or driving home from those things I committed to? Am I going to be excited to leave the house, but like not super excited on the way home? Those are just good questions to ask yourself. And all of these things are just ways to get so much more intentional about your calendar so that you're aware of the choices that you're making and realize like, okay, like if I'm going to make this choice, it's because it's something that reflects my priorities and fits well into the boundaries we've set up for our life. So let's move on to number four four, which is once you've done those things, you've determined your priorities, you've filled them into your calendar first, you've decided what type of person you are, so you know how many extra things to include on top of those priorities. Now you want to do something that's really important, especially to us, which is to give yourself margin. Not margarine. <laughs> like like fake butter. Like that? fake butter. Yeah. <laughs> but margin. Like, uh, you know, um, back in school days, in your school days, elementary school, when you have a lined piece of paper, there was always the margin on the ends, right? That's The margin is just the space that you don't write in on the paper. If my students, my fifth grade students wrote in the margin, they had to rewrite the whole paper. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not in your class. No, they never did it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, so that margin around the paper um, is basically what we need for our lives. It's just space and breathing room. Parts of the calendar that don't have anything on them on purpose for that breathing room and space and margin. And the benefit of doing that is that leaving that margin creates room for that life stuff that happens that's unplanned, that comes up spontaneously. Um, so maybe it's something like... Um, one of your friends has a baby or one of your family members unexpectedly goes to the hospital and you're able to have the time and margin to go bring them a meal. Or um, maybe you have like these really great tickets that come up last minute, like a great opportunity for um, like a sporting event or a concert. And because you don't have every hour of your calendar scheduled, you're able to do a last minute thing that would be a lot of fun. The other thing that's great about margin is that margin allows you to be better in every area of your life. I'm reading a book right now called Deep Work by Cal Newport. And one of the things he says in the book Deep Work is he shares a a study that was done with two groups of people at the University of Michigan, where they had one group of they had two groups of people who were eventually going to go to the University of Michigan to work on the same project together to solve the exact same problem as a group. They took one group of people and they walked them through the busy city for about a half an hour on the way to the university to do this project. They took the other group of people and walked them through the forest 
for 30 minutes on the way to the university to do the same project where there was no noise, there were no distractions. All they were doing was just walking and letting their minds and their bodies rest. What was interesting is Cal Newport says that when both groups arrived at the University of Michigan, the group that walked through the forest was 20% better at solving the problem and completing the project than the group that walked through the busy city. And there's so much that we could unpack with that. And maybe we will in a future episode. But the point is, is that sometimes I think for people like Amy and me, people who are hard driving people, who are hardworking people, just like you, right? You want to get the most out of your life. And so you're trying to squeeze every second you can out of every single day. I think what's so interesting about that is it's as age old as the Bible that God rested on the seventh day. It's like God knew that he needed rest because he knows that we need rest. And so I think that finding spots on your calendar where you have margin for margin's sake, it's okay to have margin for margin's sake, where you just leave time on your calendar just to sit, to think, to be, to not have anywhere to, anywhere to be or anything to do, and just to relax and let your mind and your body have a break. And I think the cool thing about creating margin in your calendar is if nothing ends up coming up, that's when you can spend extra quality time with your kids um, or you can have someone over for like a spontaneous game night or um, have time to read that book that you feel like you never have any time to read or just soak in a bubble bath. Do something that feels kind of indulgent or feels like I would never have time for that. Once you start intentionally carving out margin on your calendar, you actually do have time for the things you wish you had time for. It's just a matter of placing it on your calendar and creating the room to do that. Um, so the tricky thing about margin is the only way to get it is to start getting really good at saying no, which is a really hard word. It's almost harder. I wish toddlers would write a book on like why it's easy to say no. <laughs> yeah, it's not hard for Beckett to say no. <laughs> I, I should learn from him a little more. Um, but saying no is hard for us um, because we really care about people. We never want to hurt somebody's feelings by saying no to an event or an opportunity, an invitation. Um, we talked about already that we had a yes problem. We said yes way too much because we love being around people, never wanted to hurt people's feelings, um, didn't want to be missing out on anything fun. But unfortunately, from our own experience, because we're as guilty of this as anybody, and we know from talking to so many other people that they feel the same way, is that we were so afraid for, uh, for so long, we were so afraid to say no that we did good things at the expense of the best things. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And I think we didn't even really realize we were doing it until we made that list of priorities and realized our calendar wasn't reflecting that is when we realized, whoa, we really need to make some changes and start saying no to really good things so that we could say yes to the best things. So that question is like, how do we say no with class and grace? It's a really tricky question, but that leads us to number five, um, which is something that we have started to do is we never add something to our calendar on on the spot. And this has really helped us with creating margin in our calendar and keeping that margin sacred. Because it's a little bit awkward, right? I mean, I think no matter how old you are, no matter no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what stage of life you're in, I think that social pressure and peer pressure is still a real thing. Mm -hmm. I think that like in, in middle school, you know, the social pressure and the peer pressure is like you don't want to be thought of as like weird or you or don't uncool. want somebody to uncool. And the peer pressure kind of changes as you get older and it becomes more 
more of an empathetic peer pressure where it's like, I don't want to say no because I don't want to hurt your feelings because I love you and I care about you. And so it can be just like straight up awkward, right? When you're there, when you're somewhere and then somebody pulls their phone out and says, Hey, like, let's, we should do this again. Let's grab, you know, let's grab our phones and put it on the calendar right now. And in the moment you feel like, Oh my gosh, my choice is to say yes and not hurt their feelings or to say no. And I might really hurt their feelings. I don't want to hurt their feelings because I love them, but I feel kind of stressed right now. My palms are sweating. I feel anxious. Like my spouse isn't here. Like, I just don't even know if I have time to like have dinner again next week. Cause we just had dinner this week. I would love to, but ugh, right. And it's, it's awkward. <laughs> so we realized that we have to prepare for that situation in advance or it just gets too uncomfortable. Um, so we realize we need to have uh, almost like a system for a situation like that when it arises before it arises so that we don't get stuck. So a lot of times we'll say things like, oh my gosh, that sounds so fun. I would love to, but I don't want to say yes um, and then have to cancel. And I actually need to look at my whole calendar at home. And I want to just pause for a second because Amy said two really important things and I don't want to, I don't want to breeze over them too quickly. The first thing, well, the first thing is that you have to prepare in advance to have an answer ready to go for when somebody invites you to do something and you want to, but you don't feel comfortable adding it to your calendar right then and there. And the first thing that Amy said in her response was, oh my gosh, that sounds like so much fun. I would love to do that. And the word that I would use to describe that phrase is affirm. Amy's affirming to her friend. I'm affirming to my friend like, hey man, you're one of my boys. I love you, dude. I would love to hang out with you. That thing you're inviting me to do does sound like an amazing time. And then it's comma, but let me get home and check my calendar first on my big screen so I can see the whole picture. Yeah. And I just don't want to say yes to something I would have to cancel because that's, again, just showing that we're trying to preserve and protect our relationships. Um, so that's something that we always do is make sure that we're not adding things to the calendar on the spot, meaning we don't schedule on our phone. Because when we're looking at our desktop computer at home, you get to see the whole calendar at once. When you schedule on an iPhone, you only see a day at a time. So you're not really understanding the full context and the full picture of what you might be committing yourself. It's to. almost like if somebody the analogy like to see the trees, to see the forest through the trees. I almost butchered that, right? <laughs> to see the forest through the trees. If somebody took you into a forest and walked you up to a single tree and they said, hey, does this tree look good to you? You might say like, yeah, this tree looks great to me. And then you back up a hundred yards and now you can see all the trees and you realize that that wasn't actually the best tree, right? That there were better trees. And so that's just an analogy for there are sometimes better opportunities that you can put on your calendar that meet your priorities. And that way, if you're at home, then you have that time to be like, oh, great. This is actually going to work out great. You let them know. And if it's not going to work, that's a great time to be able to follow up with some sort of like thank you text. Just let them know it's not going to work out this time. But you know, if it's someone you want to keep connecting with, that would be a great time to text and propose like an alternative or maybe a couple of alternatives, a couple other dates that would work where you don't feel like you're overextending yourself, you're losing your margin and you're getting your priorities out of whack. So the takeaways from this is to just quickly recap everything we talked about for your takeaways to go. You know, we're elementary school teachers. So, <laughs> so you get homework. <laughs> we can't help ourselves. We just love homework. But hopefully this is homework that will really enhance your life. And hopefully this is homework that that's practical and applicable and something that you can start this week. And so let's just recap our five takeaways and our five so we can give you the homework assignments. Right. So number one is to determine your priorities when you have time on your phone, a piece of paper and pen, whatever comfortable for you, write down your top five priorities for your life 
And then you can go to step two, which is to fill in your calendar with things that help you meet those priorities. While you're doing that, do step three, which is decide what kind of person you are. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? How do you actually want to spend the extra time and the extra margin that you've created on your calendar? Which leads us to point four, which is to give yourself margin. Make sure there's a little bit of time every single week on your calendar when you have nothing to do except to be. And then the last thing is get good at saying no. Never add something to your calendar on the spot. Always make sure that you go home, that you sit down, that you look at your calendar on your computer so you can have the full context. Make sure you talk about it with your spouse if you're married before you add anything to your calendar. Well, guys, we hope this podcast was helpful for you and that you feel like you have the tools and you feel empowered to make decisions about your calendar that allow you to protect your time so you can spend your time with the people you love the most doing the things that you love the most. Thank you for listening to Life with Amy and Jordan. If this episode was helpful to you, we'd love for you to leave us a review. And if it wasn't, please don't. (laughs) Seriously, a review from you will help us reach more awesome people like you. To get the newest episode as soon as it's available, hit the subscribe button.